Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fourth and three, the Colts at the Steelers. 26, they go to a wide slot to the left side of quarterback Matt Ryan. Steelers show blitz, and he's back, and he runs to the left. He throws that ball down the field, and it will be broken up at the 12-yard line. A great job by Sutton and Minka, and that is your ball game. How about that? With 24 seconds left, Pickett takes the knee. Oh, man. And the Pittsburgh Steelers pull off the mild upset. That's the end of the game here in Indianapolis with the final score, Pittsburgh 24, the Colts 17. Oh, sweet Marie, that is where it was at last night. What, Wesley, it was just a couple minutes ago. We were over there in, uh, you know, in, in the Lucas Oil Stadium, big old barn out there in Indy, and we're, we're out there, we're watching and taking the knee, and you're like, Gadzooks, that's just the best play in football. You'll love that. And then the play before that with Cam Sutton and Minka Fitzpatrick on that fourth and three, and Minka comes over, and with along with Cam Sutton, they make a devastating blow on the wide receiver. Bammo, the ball comes out. I'm telling you what, it doesn't get any better than that. It is a great day it should be monday but since monday was yesterday and it was monday in football we celebrate tuesday yes we do wolf and uh it's a quick turnaround i think if you add up the amount of sleep that you and i both got last night it probably still doesn't equal a full night but uh always a little bit easier after a victory that's for sure well there's no doubt about it you know it started i got in the plane at you know as we're going up the stairs there and and they got the food, right? And I says, uh, what you got there? And the lady says, uh, you got cheeseburger and you got barbecue beef, you know, sandwich. And I was like, cheeseburger, please. Get up there, boom. What do I got? I got the barbecue beef. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, you know, if I had any principles, I'd go down and say, ma'am, I'm sorry. You no, I ate the barbecue beef. You well, know you were what? too hungry to walk back down the <laughs> ramp and waste all that time. <laughs> yeah, that's just a burning needless energy. <laughs> I will say this. I, I was really excited. This was another grow-up game for Kenny. Another another game where the resiliency of the defensive unit was tested. It was another 
a game where you've got the offense coming back and doing the job after just really dominating that first half. I mean, they were at almost 22 minutes of possession. They out rushed or they out gained the Colts three uh, two thirty two to seventy one. Uh, you know, Wes, I was excited because when when the momentum swings another way as they did at the start of the third quarter, and you got that Dallas Flowers eighty nine yard kickoff return. Oh, my heavens, you know how when old Mo gets rolling the other way, it can be deadly. But the Steelers were able to reload, relax, and rejoice at the end of the game after they came back and got their gear together and was able to take it down in that big 11-play, 75-yard drive for Kenny and the kids. Yeah, a lot to, lot to sink your teeth into there for sure. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a hot start for the Steelers. I mean, you, you looked at it at halftime, Wolf, right, and it felt like – Maybe you, you should have even had a few more points on the Absolutely. board, certainly. Um, at, at halftime, the Steelers had run 43 plays on offense. The Colts had run 22. So, I mean, you had essentially doubled them up in, in terms of your, your offensive possession in the first half. Um, but you know what? That's that's part of this growth process. I, I do think that there was still – you know, we've seen – over the last couple weeks where, where the Steelers had encouraging first halves and then struggled in the second half. That was not the case last night. Um, it was that full 60-minute winning performance that, that we talked about. Um, and I know we'll get into individuals and we'll, you know, we'll give out some game balls and all that right. different stuff that's important, but that was a team victory yesterday. I, I'm not sitting here right now and saying, oh, yeah, they won that game because of blank. Like, there's no one individual who who won them that football game. It was a collective from Kenny Pickett in the offense and a lot of running backs there by committee uh, and the defense bending but not breaking and, and, and shutting the door when they needed to. Um, that was a that was a, a team victory last night, and, and that's exactly what you needed, and that's, you know, what you, what you like to see at this point in the season as well, too. And it was great. I mean, you beat the Fighting Saturdays on Monday night. I mean, all right, I like that. You think he's? Uh, you think he's taking some of those timeouts with him to next week? Well, you know, uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of like I, I think those timeout timeouts are just like the shrimp cocktails from St. Elmo's that were in the, you know, up in the press box. You don't, you can't take them with you. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? Unfortunately, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> that, that, oh, that horseradish, man. That's That'd a, be the pick-me-up we need this oh, morning. Oh, that's a snortifier, man. That gives you a blast in the schnoz like you can't believe. But, boy, was it yeah. fun. Well, if the uh, the first time I ever went to Indy, I think it was like 2019, I want to say, uh, for the Combine. And anytime I go to a new city for the first time, right, I'm sure you probably do the same thing, too. You always have the wonder, like, all right, what food cuisine is this city known for? Mm-hmm. You know, people come to Pittsburgh and it's like, all right, well, what do I do? Oh, I'm getting a sandwich with fries on it. All right. Sounds good. And and when I first went to Indy a few years ago, uh, you know, we're getting uh, getting in, checked in and all that and getting set up for the combine. Hey, what's the you know, what's what is what's the where's the go to around here? What does everybody eat? What's the signature cuisine? And they go, oh, it's the shrimp cocktail. Yeah. And I'm thinking shrimp, shrimp cocktail. We're a long way from the ocean here in Indianapolis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'd, ex- I'd expect to hear that in Baltimore or right, Philly right. or, you know, something like that, somewhere close to the ocean. Uh, I was skeptical, but I tell you what, it is it is fantastic. It's a, it's a very unique um, palate cleanser, I think, is the best way to put it. Oh, it goes all the way from your palate right up to your forehead, man. <laughs> <laughs> When you, when you get that big old heavy hit at horseradish, it's like, <laughs> oh, that'll shake you. Let me tell you. But I will say it was great. And, and by the way, I, I agree with the shrimp cocktail. We uh, I went with um, 
the Steelers uh, uh, sponsor group and the and the marketing group one time to dinner there, and 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 it was like unbelievable. It was like some people didn't want to eat their their shrimp cocktail. They thought it was you know two horseradish. <laughs> I'm like, Whoop, pass it over. Yep, the, here we go. The yep. absolute best wolf is at the at the combine every year. Saint Elmo's one of the days of the combine. They'll right. come around to Radio Row with a bunch of those shrimp cocktail oh, kind of appetizers, right? And they'll hand them out to everybody. And you will obviously, you know, it's 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 Radio Row. There's there's a hundred people there from right. all the different NFL teams. You'll obviously have people who don't know about the the Saint Elmo shrimp cocktail. <laughs> and so, Ma- I mean, Max and I last year we were dying because they're going around <laughs> and they're passing these out, right? And people who have no idea are taking a huge bite oh, of them. Yeah, and the oh. look on it's like a cartoon with the steam coming out of there. You just look around Radio <laughs> Row and you can see all the people who didn't know that it's coming as they like you know blow their nose and and chug water. It's it's pretty funny. It is that is it, it's outstanding though. They, that's just a great place to eat if you're in Indy. Make sure you go to St. Elmo's and because it'll light you up, but it's St. Elmo, St. Elmo's fire when you get that horseradish <laughs> no <going>. doubt. <laughs> All right. But certainly the fire was to be found in that fourth quarter when Kenny Pickett led that 11-play, 75-yard TD drive. I got to tell you something. Kenny Pickett is improving week by week. No, he's got a long way to go. Sure, he's got a lot of things he's got to work on and improve, you know, but a little by little, as you watch this young man, this is this was very Roethlisberger-ish, right? Mm. You got a, the defense plate was doing some really good stuff. You know, you got a running game and a passing game that was balanced equal, 172 yards on, on the ground, 174 yards in passing. I love that. You know, the ability – that that to to keep uh, both both uh, you know uh, run and pass together sure. like that is huge because once they make you one dimensional, it's so easy to strangulate you off of you the one dimensional deal that you're doing right. No, it's you got when you got the running game like that, that's just like punching them right in the grill over and over. And it was a it was really running back by committee because there was a lot of hands in the pile as far as people running with the rock. But man, oh man. Really enjoyed watching them get after it. And the offensive line coming off the ball, doing some things that they hadn't been doing earlier in the year, and really being dominant in many ways. Yeah, they had some setbacks, some screw-ups. You know, the one of the, I can think one of the sacks was uh, the, the second Ngakwe sack. That was a blown call. Yeah, uh, He came off, Ngakwe came off the edge. But, hey, other than that, listen, there was a lot of good stuff there. You're coming off the ball and you're moving the line. This is a defense that was only giving up 3.4 yards per carry the last three weeks, and they gave up 4.8 against the Steelers, 4.8. It, it was it was impressive. Like you said, 172 on the ground, uh, a couple long runs in there that we had been waiting for as well too, right? Benny Snell broke a, broke a decent one. Uh, Anthony McFarland Jr. in, in his uh, season debut broke a 14-yard run as well too. But you're right. Um you have, you have four guys with, with 30 or more yards rushing, you know, if you include Kenny Pickett, obviously, with his 32 yards on the ground. Balanced offense, Wolf, right? It, it wasn't, um, you know, it, it wasn't four touchdowns and 350 yards from Kenny Pickett. It wasn't, you know, a 150 yards and two touchdowns on the ground from one of your running backs. But it was balanced, effective offense, and it was one that I think dictated the majority of that game. You know, they were able to be the team that elongated drives and converted on third downs and and let their defense rest on the sideline and didn't put their defense in any adverse situations, right? Again, another no-turnover performance for Kenny Pickett and for the offense. 
that's how this team needs to win games. It's not going to be this way in perpetuity, but right now while you've got you know so many young pieces on offense and your QB1 is a rookie and George Pickens who feels like your, your wide receiver one is a rookie and you're working with a different plethora of running backs, you don't need to light it up. You need to be consistent. You need to stay ahead of the sticks. You need to help out your defense, and you need to capitalize on those opportunities. And uh, and that's what the Steelers were able to do last night. There's no question. And by the way, kudos for using the word plethora. Hope you'll plethora. be like happy sitting up there in, in Rushford, New York, have listening you, to going Wesley. That's a nice word. Have man. you ever seen the movie Three Amigos? Oh yeah, yeah. Would you say I have a plethora of pinatas? <laughs> <laughs> yes. One, the Three Amigos. <laughs> oh my goodness that's just crazy but yeah again you know yeah there's and speaking of george uh, pickens there's another step up and in, in kind of learning the craft and art of running with the ball running routes doing all kinds of stuff it was a shame kenny kenny overthrew him a little bit that one that crossing route through the back end of the yeah. uh, end zone Dead gummit. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, you sit there and go, could he have stretched out with two hands? Could he have pulled that? Was he going one-handed too much? I don't know. Because you know what? He's such a talented receiver. His one hand is better than, that, than if I had five. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I love watching the young man compete, though, because you can tell he's growing on his route tree, his confidence in running routes, his ability to, you know, differentiate whether you got man, you got zone, where's the windows, how do I uh, break off at the top of my stem on a route on a guy that, you know, how do I make myself big for the quarterback when I make my cut? All those things are starting to, you know, they're starting to come into play as he's going about the process of learning. And you got two rookies learning together. And, uh, I, you know, I, I enjoy watching it because this is going to be an outstanding combo for a few years to come. And it just really is a lot of fun to watch this develop. It's a lot of fun to uh, to watch you and Billy do the uh, the picket to pickens connection <laughs> in the booth there every single week. But you're right. You, you, again, that's that's one of the areas I think that you know we can talk about this offense. And again, the quarterback's always kind of the straw that stirs the drink, at least for 95 percent of the NFL offenses. We could talk about this offense and Kenny Pickett and the growth there, particularly since the bye week, right over these last three games. Um, but I think you could kind of distill that down to to pick it and pick ins as well too. It's 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 not to poo poo Deontay Johnson when I say this, but it, it really does feel like um, like George Pickens is becoming this team's number one wide receiver, and I don't mean that just in oh let's line up Pickens and Deontay and, and compare and contrast who we think is is better. I just mean in terms of the targets, in terms of the quarterback chemistry, and I know Deontay Johnson did have more targets than George Pickens last night, but it just feels like. 8 and 14, you know, they're rookies. They came into this thing together. They got, you know, I think more work with each other this offseason with, with some of the stuff with Deontay Johnson starting a little bit slower in the process and some of that contract stuff that was going on. It just it feels like that relationship between those two is, is really blossoming. I I don't want to call George Pickens his his whoopee just yet for Kenny Pickett, right? <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if we're on that level, but we might be getting there. Well, there's no question in my mind. Look, you know, you you have that affinity for two rookies working together. They spend a lot of time in the o, uh, OTAs and so forth preseason doing some work together. But the fact of the matter is Deontay Johnson, you're going to he needs George Pickens to go big because he's he's been getting special treatment. When you're the number 1 dog like Deontay Johnson right. is, 
then you're going to see a lot of uh, extra attention. He needs Pickens and he needs Fryermuth to do the things they need to do so that Deontay can start doing more of the things that he's more about doing, you know, catching that ball and running and so forth. And he had some really good plays. I, I liked early on. They got him involved. They went to him a couple times on that first drive. And I thought, oh, that's that's good stuff. You got to get him going there. You know, it's kind of like in the morning, you know, you got to have that cup of joe. Get yourself going a little bit early. You know, if you don't have that cup of joe, you kind of wander around stupidly for the first <laughs> hour that you're awake, or at least I do. You know, I mean, have well, especially you know, today. Yeah, exactly. I feel like one of those zombies in The Walking Dead. You know, <laughs> whatever they call that show. You know, brains, brains, you're brains, just, brains. You're just walking around. What am I doing here? Did, did I? I walk into a room and I look at my wife and go, "Am I? Am I done? Did I? Did I get what I needed? What here? day is it?" <laughs> Oh yeah, it was bad. It was bad this morning. But you know, anyhow, we got we got back on the roll here. Look, I again, there's uh, a lot to like here, and what we want to do is we're going to open up the phone lines here coming up. But uh, we, we need your good, your bad, and ugly. You know, and one of the ugly things that again I talked about earlier, we got those back to back, not back to back, but two sacks by Ngakwe there that uh, was pretty quick in the first half there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the one of them, like I, I, I talked about, was it, they overloaded one side. They drew a squeeze call. Then they ran a, a, a three-man game, and that just left uh, Ngakwe running. And somehow the call made was wrong. You had 44. He was the mic. He's over the right guard. And he threatened a gap, and then he dropped. And then you got a squeeze on the backside by a 50 number. I wasn't quite sure who it was. But he he he's made the got the drew the squeeze call from the offensive line, which means the left guard's got to block down left tackle. But then you got DeForest Buckner ran a three man game away from uh, Danny Moore, and that that's why it looks so bad. And Gakwe just came clean, yeah. and I think it was supposed to either we would have in my day that would have been a wall left call, and so we'd have had a had a Liz I'm sorry uh, a Louis call on that, and or you would have had the back step up and pick up one of the inside a gap the double barrel blitzer guys you know one of those deals sure. so that is that's one of the things that they've got to figure out whether i don't know if kenny called the mic or mason cole was calling the mic and and you know it's always the four bigs and the mic is what you want to get right right and they just had when you get that squeeze call though one of the things that's devastating is when the guy bails and you get you jump into you know down into the squeeze and you're trying to cut this guy off and all of a sudden there's somebody flashing from outside because that's what they're trying to do when they go that double a gap blitz and when they show that you're either trying to draw the squeeze call to shorten the edge for a guy coming off there or you create a mismatch when you get in a situation where you got a back on a defensive lineman and then you throw in the two and three man game uh, it gets a little bit complicated and they will also use that as a disguise they will disguise coverages stepping up and then bailing so those are a lot of move, the, a lot of moving parts yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in there and you i don't know mason cole kenny who's calling the protection and so forth didn't didn't get an answer to that yet but you know the the fact of the matter is that's another situation that they gotta be able to work on and, and and make sure that they're all buttoned up on that yeah they they do and we've seen you know it's 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 been a work in progress for the offensive line. I, I I don't need to sugarcoat that. I I do think from the start of the season and some of the struggles that we saw, uh, man, particularly in the preseason where it just felt like all three of those games, the offensive line, it, it didn't matter who the faces were. All, all the units were, were struggling. They have come a long way. They certainly have. 
but there are still, like you said, there's there's a couple plays every game where they just, for whatever reason, aren't on the same page. And, and that is that's one of those things you hope continues to improve. You hope they get corrected here down the stretch, not only just for your effectiveness as an offense, but obviously as well too to you know to keep Kenny as as clean as possible. There's no question. Uh, look, this offensive line is is again growing. They're doing some good things. They're not perfect. They're certainly um, not the best in the in the league, but they are growing. And that's what, all you can ask for for an offensive line. You bring them together in the offseason. You start p- putting these pieces together in the preseason. Then you put your foot down and get on, step on the gas, and you get going. And it, it you, it's kind of like the line has got to, especially when you've just got some new guys in there, you've got to be able to put together those resilient blocks of of uh, uh, you know games where you're making progress because you're going to have some setbacks along the way. That's just the process of becoming aligned together, of a line gelling as they talk about it. And it's so much of it that you can see in the double teams and when you see a lack of guys getting uh, penetration, especially on yeah. the run game, oh, my goodness. You know, it, it got much better. But you had a guy that's a game record. DeForest Buckner, is a he's a serious dude. You got. I mean, that guy can split double teams. That guy can catch double teams coming downhill. I mean, it's like catching a car rolling down the hill. Yeah. When no, you got he's, a double team, he's one of the, he's one of the best in the league. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's very good, and he is one of these guys that can really get skinny in the A and B gaps, and it makes it difficult, and it certainly creates a problem when you get he gets in between a guard and a tackle, and both of them are thinking the other guys got hands on him well you got to keep four hands on him and if you can get four hands and a helmet or two that's not a bad idea because DeForest Buckner was one of those game records that if, if you if he gets a hot streak going get Zooks man you don't want to be on his side of the ball no you do not and again you know this is that's one of the things that's hard to uh, I think sometimes admit as a fan, like we don't want to admit that the other team has guys that are highly compensated and very talented as well too, right? Like the Forrest Buckner, he's paid a lot of money for a reason. Uh, he's allowed to make plays too, but oh, like overall, I think you you have to you have to see the progression. Like I said, Wolf, I mean, remember back to the preseason, um, that trip we took to Jacksonville for preseason yeah. game two, yeah. where Steven Sims was the Steelers' leading rusher with right. eleven yards. Right. And then Detroit a week later, Benny Snell Jr. was your leading rusher with less than 20 yards. I mean, the offensive line in the preseason, I think we were all concerned to, to, you know, to to maybe even put it a little mildly, mildly. But they have improved. They've been steady. Like you said, they're not the best unit in the league, but they're certainly not the worst either. I think they are about league average right now, which which is an all right place to be. Um, but like you said, I think I think as well too. Just just make sure you're on the same page. Make sure that communication is crisp, and and that will I think uh, help keep Kenny Pickett upright and clean. And that'll hey maybe even help you score some more points down in the red zone as well too. Well, we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, there's a young man last night who surpassed a pretty pretty good uh, mile marker. And we'll tell you all about it when we come back after this. This. 
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Gets the snap. He's back. He waits. He fires a pass. It's pulled in by the Muth. And the Muth is loose inside the 10. And a first goal, first and goal at the three-yard line. Oh, it's beautiful. I love when Billy says that. Just pulling it together. Pat Fryermuth, the guy that you really got to enjoy. This young man, as I've, I've talked about before, I've said and made the statement that uh, at some point in time when they come out and they start talking about the best tight ends in the league, his name's going to be in the conversation. And one of the things that stands out to me is he came into this game, he was sixth in, among tight ends. He was sixth in receiving. He was fifth in targets and fifth in receiving yards, and despite missing one game. And in his 26th game, he w- went over 1,000 career yards in receiving yards and tying Eric Green for that honor, the shortest or quickest uh, t- amount of time in uh, receiving yards. So kudos to the Friermuth. And by the way, he'll be out at uh, we'll be out at the market. Uh, yeah, plug market it, district. plug it, yes, baby. Tonight, seven o'clock to eight o'clock, the Muth will be on the Luth out there. At market, what uh, uh, you know, uh, Max calls uh, the Tajma Eagle. The Tajma Eagle. <laughs> That's got everything out there, man. I mean, you go out there. There's there's all kinds of goodnesses going on out there, man. You got That's a lot of funny. good stuff. That's good. That's good. I like that. Exactly so. <laughs> but Pat Fryermuth, you know, went into this game, and uh, like I said, he was fifth in targets among tight ends around the league. Um, last week he had a lot of targets. This week, not so much because why? Well, when you have, you know, more – uh, the emphasis put on guarding the tight end, and the Colts went in this game. They, they've struggled guarding tight ends, and so they're going to put some extra people in there, and what do you know? Now you got Deontay being able to loosen up a little bit. Then you got Pickens helping Deontay. you got Deontay helping Pickens. So this all works together, you know, and you've got to disperse the ball around and create those opportunities. If you look at the Chiefs, Wes, you know the Chiefs, you know, you got Mahomes. He's got the ball going to everybody that's eligible. Just yeah, he's, about. he's pretty good, I've been told. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not bad. You know, I, I think that kid's <laughs> got a future at quarterback, you know? <laughs> he, he might make it in this league. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody that's setting records too, man. Get yeah, Zooks. But, you know, you watch him, and he gets it to a lot of people, disperse it to oh, sometimes six, seven, eight guys, you know, depending on the game. And the same thing here, if you, if you keep – the target's piling up on one or two guys. You're creating that log jam for yourself. You've got to make sure that you're dispersing across the board and able to keep people involved in the flow of it because that's the way winning's done. And I, I loved what I saw from Kenny last night. He never he never looked like a deer in headlights. This is the one good thing. I mean, you got the one sack and he got he got caught with that. But you're going to get caught with that. But it's the understanding of, of where you got to go with the ball and what you're doing, all these things. I, I like his calm, cool demeanor. He is, in my mind, the Sundance kid. He's better when he moves. I love when he gets out there. And one of the things I noticed that I thought – Wait, me- hold on, hold on one second. Okay. Can I move? Move? What the hell you mean move? I'm better when I move. I mean, you can't make that. You got to give me a second when you make I'm that reference. I'm sorry, I forget. Look at you know how it is. I'm brain dead right now. You know, <laughs> wait, right, just right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's I'm been sorry. A, that was that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm it's sorry. okay. I deserve I'm sorry. it. It works. But I, I love that so much because it describes a lot with Kenny. When Kenny moves, and one of the things that I, I love, 
We talked about this, too. You, me, and Max back in uh, Miami when we saw Tua, right? Tunga Vailoa. What's yep. he do? He goes, he empties the backfield. You got five wide. So uh, you, you just wait. You run a quarterback draw. You know, you just let that offensive line disperse the rushers up the B gaps, yeah. up uh, the outside C gaps, those sorts of things. Then Kenny just take off. And, I mean, that Tua would take off. Well, Kenny's doing the same thing. And I love the fact he, he it's very timely. You don't see him running just to run. The guy knows when to take off and run with that ball, and I appreciate his vision because he gets looking down the field, and uh, he knows when it's a good good moment to run. He he certainly does. He's 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 got that feel for the game, right? And, right. and there was there were some times, obviously, and, and 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 we might even see this again. He he's still a rookie. He's still in single digits in terms of his his starts in the National Football League. There were some times though uh, before the bye week, Wolf, that. I think maybe maybe skittish is is the the word to you. He just looked a little skittish in the pocket, right? Little rushed, maybe not as as comfortable and poised as we would have expected. But I think post bye week, along with his, you know, just cutting out the turnovers completely that we saw early on, I think that's been one of the most encouraging areas of growth. He's more comfortable in the pocket. He's trusting his offensive line instead of bailing a little too early. He's moving well. If the if the read is there, he's 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 being decisive. If it's not, he's pulling it down and taking what the defense is given to him and using his legs. And that that's what you need. Again, some people might look at the stat sheet from last night and go, "Hey, they threw for less than 180 yards. What's all the fuss about, right?" But but not every a quality performance for a starting quarterback in the NFL, like I said earlier, has to be you know 300 yards and, and four touchdowns. There's there's a lot of different ways to be effective, and I think Kenny Pickett was that last night. I don't want to use the game manager label because I feel like that has a negative connotation to it. You know what I mean? Or you say right. a guy's a game manager, it means that he can't really go out there and, and win games. He just more so doesn't lose them and lets everybody else around him do the work. So I don't mean it in that regard, but Kenny Pickett managed that game very well last night. He was he was exactly what the offense needed. Um, he was decisive again. He made a couple big throws when he needed to. He made a couple big runs to pick up some first downs when he needed to, and they minimalized the negative, and, and, and that's a winning football performance. That's, again, that, that kind of 60-minute performance that we had been waiting to see. You know, he gets his first road win in the NFL, and I think – you know, I, I think certainly his best 60-minute performance. We can point to some moments individually, maybe a quarter, maybe a couple drives where he was better than he was last night. But I think from start to finish, that's his, his best 60-minute performance so far. There's no question in my mind. Look, you know, here's the thing about it. Kenny went in that game, I think is – let's see if I got this. He's had 25 completions or more in three of his last four st- uh, starts. But think about this. This is his third game in a row with no no giveaways. I mean that that says something. Twenty at twenty eight, a buck seventy four. Yep. Eighty seven point five passer rating. You know he outdueled Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, look, I know he's old. I know that he's not the same guy that he that he has been for many years when he was leading the Atlanta Falcons. But at the same time, the guy still is capable of doing some damage and doing some uh, oh, yeah. you know winning some games. The former league MVP. Yeah. I- you yeah, know, it, good it's, point. It's funny. Mo- Moats and I have talked about this before. Like, if Matt Ryan, if they had won that Super Bowl against the Patriots, right? If if the Falcons don't blow that big twenty five point lead in the right. second half, you know, like seven or eight years ago, whenever I think that was two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen against the Patriots, Matt Ryan would be without a doubt a Hall of Famer. 
I mean, yeah, the guy. he's he's he is he is top twelve wolf in pretty much every statistical category in NFL history. He was the league MVP. You can't say that about a lot of these great quarterbacks, and 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 I think he is without a doubt the greatest quarterback in Falcons franchise history. Carried that franchise through so much turmoil and had them, you know, for a, a good four or five year stretch there as a consistent contender, going to championship games, going to the Super Bowl. Um, he's he's not Roethlisberger, uh, you know, or, or Drew Brees of that era. I don't think Aaron Rodgers. But he is in certainly in that next wave, kind of right on the heels. And like I said, if he had that Super Bowl ring, I think people would talk about him like he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, he's he is obviously not the same that he is now, but that's still you know to get your first road win in that environment on Monday night uh, against a, a quarterback who has been doing it in this league for you know for nearly two decades. That's that's definitely something to hang your hat on. There's no question in my mind. Look. You know, uh, Matt Ryan is a formidable guy, but obviously he's he's not quite he's not the same as he was. But then again, who of us are? <laughs> who of right? us are? You know what I mean? So I the first thing I, I would like to do, you know, you got a game ball, and uh, there's just a lot of guys. But I think Kenny Pickett really earned this one, and he really, I think you pointed out very well. He's not a game manager, but he managed the game well in all facets of his quarterbacking play. He was able to do what he needed to do, and that included, you know, being able to throw that ball over the middle on some important third downs. That one to Pickens was just a, it was a thing of beauty. It was Punch Hilker really. would always say, <laughs> you know, as Chaluch would say. Um, but there was also the running at the appropriate times, and then uh, you know the fact that he was able to rally the troops after having a really good first half. Then things going stinky in the third quarter, right? But then to marshal the resources of the guys get them going again come on we got to pick it up then as he talked about they got in the huddle they're there for that last drive and bammo he leads them on it that's just nice job of leading the way and being able to rally the guys to be able to do what you needed to do at the appropriate time at the weighty moments in time and that's exactly what kenny did so my first game ball i would give to kenny you know you got i don't you know i just think he really earned it last night that's, I mean, that's that's tough to argue with. I'm with you. I think he is. He's at the forefront of that conversation. Uh, for my first one, though, Wolf. Yes. I'll tell you when we come back on the other side. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Now you just got to remember what you teased. Like I forgot what I teased in the last one. <laughs> don't, don't don't you worry. I got the I got the yeah. All right. Listen. Yeah, it's it's it, it's the old radio adage, right, Wolf? Where a lot of times that the best conversations happen between the breaks. Right, right. <laughs> we go to that last break. Wolf teases us. Oh, something happened last night. We're gonna talk about it. You know, does the Pat Fryermuth tease? We go to break. Like a minute into the break, Wolf goes, "What do you want to talk about here? You got any? You got any ideas for this?" Segment? He said, "How about what you tease?" And then I said, "What did I tease?" <laughs> This is what short-term concussion syndrome looks like up close, man. You you put both of our brains together, and we we might be able to to, to get a we might be able to get a C on this assignment. All right, a group group project. As I've often said, I can dumb down an audience like nobody's business, man. All right, we'll be back with more because we're gonna tease some more, and we're gonna have conversation in between when we come back. SNR.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Benny Snell Jr. is the lone setback. He gets a call off right tackle. Cuts it back to the middle. 45-40. Still on his feet at the 35. And they tackle him at the 33-yard line. A 16-yard run for Benny Snell Jr., obviously his longest of the season. Don't you love it, though? I love listening to the golden tones of uh, Billy Hillgrove there when he's calling the plays out. Nah, it's just good stuff. But anyhow, you know, 12 for 62 does the Snell, right? 16-yarder was as long as that TD run. I love the way he sucked the linebackers into B-gap, then bounced it to the C and went outside and scored. This is the thing that he does so very well. He's got excellent vision to the second level. He's able to set up his blocking very well. He understands the cutback, and not everybody is a, is a cutback runner. It's it's kind of like, you know, it, it, not everybody's built the same to be able to exploit the cutback, and he is just one of those guys who's just got a knack at doing it. Some guys are... Eric Dickerson, I never really thought of him as a cutback guy. I mean, he was one of those bang guys, maybe bounce. And he still could cut back while he well, – Eric Dickerson could do anything. But, you know, he was not really all that much of a cutback guy as he was his ability to stretch guys and then plant that foot and make that one cut north and south. Um, but Benny really had and displayed a great ability to have vision to that second level because it's all about – inviting those linebackers to crash their gaps, trying to get them to uh, fire their gun early. Boom, yeah, and then let let the offensive line, knowing that if you draw them to specific areas in the blocking scheme, you can pick up that run-through and hide behind your big hogs up front. Absolutely. Um, that was, I mean, that was a just a, a fantastic performance from Benny Snell Jr. last night. Wolf, I, I think – a lot of that, what you're talking, that that kind of one cut and go stuff, is is something that this offense had been um, missing a, a little bit, at least consistently. And and it's not like, hey, it's not like last night fixes all that. But for Benny Snell to do what he was able to do on Monday Night Football, that's why he gets my first game ball. Um, I mean, Wolf, he had his first carries of the the season last right. night, week twelve. I mean, to to stay mentally locked in like that, to stay ready. When, when it maybe, you know, it would have easily, I'm sure, for Benny felt like, you know, maybe a, a feeling of being cast aside. Um, you know, we all know Najee Harris. He's the first-round pick. He's 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 the guy whenever he's healthy and good to go. But then you have Jalen Warren come in and have a great training camp and a great preseason, and he ends up solidifying his role as the number two running back. And if you're Benny, you're kind of, you know, you're coming to the end of your rookie contract and and you had over 100 carries your rookie year and you had over 100 carries your your sophomore season and and now all of a sudden, you know, uh I think he had 30 some carries last year and it's it's week 12 now and he hasn't gotten one yet this year. It would have been very easy for him to to mentally check out, right? My time here in Pittsburgh is done. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to be a free agent. I'm going to have to go try and find somewhere else. This just isn't happening here. This isn't my year. This isn't my time. It would have been very easy for him to just kind of go through the motions and not be ready. But that clearly wasn't the case last night. Again, I mean, his first 12 carries of the season all came last night over 60 yards, over five yards an attempt. He adds the, the the touchdown there as well, too. Had a reception uh, in the game as well, you know, for 13 total touches, if you will. 
that to me gets a game ball. Uh, I know it's you know it's it's not 120 yards and two touchdowns, something like that. But it is exactly what the Steelers needed. It was effective, and for him to go from from absolutely nothing to pacing the way for the Steelers' run game last night. I think he deserves a lot of credit in that regard because, like I said, it would have been very easy for him at this point in the season. It's week 12. I'm at the end of my contract with the Steelers. Uh, I'm done here, you know, to, to kind of check out mentally and not be ready. But he was he was everything but that last night. He was waiting for his opportunity opportunity uh, this season. He finally got it, and, and he capitalized and, and, and made advantage, you know, took advantage on, on a national stage on Monday Night Football. He did indeed. You know, and you rightly point out uh, the the perspective he had to maintain. And this is part of being a real pro. You know, part of being – it's not all, uh, you know, fun and, and roses there as when, when you're playing ball there. I mean, you you know, you if you're a backup, you got to stay ever ready. That is really hard. It's hard when you are used to carrying the ball a lot. Like Benny, he was a yeah. featured back at Kentucky, right? Uh, you come into the NFL and, uh, you know, your carries drop, but you, 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 you get enough of them, you know, like you said, 100 in his first couple of years. But then to stay on it and be ready to go, and this is really what Mike Tomlin talks about when he preaches a starter and waiting. Look, you got to wait. Sometimes you got to wait a long time. But yeah. when you get called on to perform, you got to make sure you're ready to go, and that takes diligence. That takes doing the do, the discipline of day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, of staying ever ready and working on your game and working on your your your, your mental uh, ability to handle the playbook and everything else, knowing everything you need. Not only did he score that touchdown, not only did he rush for a good yardage and catch a ball, but he picked up a blitz one time. I can't remember Kenny was – it was almost it could have been a sack, but he jumped in and he picked up the blitzer, and that was he went schnoz to schnoz with the guy. And you know that's all right. Again, part of being that complete package pro, and I, I salute Benny on that because it's a difficult thing to do to stay ever ready, and you've not had a touch what in the first. 11, yeah, 12 first, weeks here. First 11 games, no touch. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even keep track of how many games. <laughs> but, you know, Benny Snell, again, I really think that uh, you, you nailed it. That was that was excellent. Hey, I mean, like I said, his his rookie season, he had over 100 touches. I, I got the numbers here now for sure. 108 touches his rookie season. 111 his second year. Then last year, just 36. And then this year, none through week, through week 11. That's, again... To, to, to be ready to go like he was last night speaks to his professionalism. It absolutely does because not that we would have excused it, but I think we would have understood if he wasn't ready to go last right. night. Um, and he was anything but the opposite. Anthony McFarlane Jr. Uh, uh, belongs in this conversation as well too. Didn't have the same type of production that Benny Snell had last night. But again, guys that have been waiting and waiting and waiting and, and watching Najee Harris and Jalen Warren get all the opportunity there um, – you know, you pick up a couple injuries, and all of a sudden you go from from the background to to the spotlight, right? I mean, you go from you go from uh, the stage crew to the front man really quick there for for these yeah. guys, um, and that is you're absolutely right. That's that's where you have to be as a professional uh, in this league because as you know, I, I'm sure you know the you know this wolf Moats says this all the time. You know, it it, it it's not if it's when. Like oh, at, yeah. at, at some point, your number is going to be called whether it's in a a shorter capacity or where it's like for Benny last night where, you know, 12 carries, 13 total touches, leading the way on the ground. Um, 
it's not if, it's when, and you better be ready when, when that, you know, to, to answer that call, to answer that bell. And uh, and Benny Snell certainly was last night, and that's why he uh, he gets my first game ball here today. I like it. I like it. And the young man acquitted himself well, I, I, again, in all phases, running the ball, catching the ball, or picking up uh, and helping out in pass protection. Yeah. And they needed that. And a guy, like you said, Anthony McFarland. Another guy that, you know, you haven't heard much from him. He's been on the, what, the practice squad. Yeah. You know, and that's. Hasn't even been active. Yeah. I mean, that can really be a, a Debbie Downer if you're you're uh, McFarland, right? I mean, you're sitting there, I can't even get onto the active roster, get, you know, get a hat for the game and so forth. And yet here you are, you come up and all of a sudden you're ca- uh, carrying the rock there and showing a great affinity for running a, a draw type action. You know, I mean, I love five, five yards per carry for Anthony McFarland. Yeah. Yeah. And think when we were just scratching out, you know, two and a half yards, three yards a carry, you know, earlier in the year. We're, beg- we're begging for, all right, just get three or four yards. Come on. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> we can do this. But see, again, that's all part of that offensive line coming together and being able to gel. And the problem is, and I never appreciated the zone blocking schemes for his, the difficulty that there is in knowing when to leave the double teams. It was always very easy in my era. It was man blocking, all right? So if we had a double team on the nose tackle, it's Mike Webster standing up the nose tackle, and I come down, blast the hip. You know, it's easy. I come off on the backside backer, unless, of course, the nose tackle, you know, uh, angles to me. I pick him up, and then Mike comes off and gets the backside backer. But that's, you know, something that's easier than two guys side by side you know, one guy is the drive guy, one guy is the post guy. You know, and the post guy is, is the, the guy who stands up the other, the defensive lineman. You're trying to raise him up, get him up in the air so that his hip is exposed for the for the uh, drive guy. And, uh, you know, when you got both your hip to hip and you've got guys that, that run through as much as the Colts did and some of the others, it's extremely difficult knowing exactly when is when, you know. Sure. So it's one of those things. But we got a lot more. We got game balls coming up. We're going to take some calls coming up in the second hour. Cause it, it is the power hour. Max is on his way home. Or actually, yes, he's on his way home right yeah, now. Yeah, he's probably, clo- probably close by now. Probably, yeah, getting close. I guess you can't do a, a radio show in the middle of flying, you know, that sort I of mean, thing. I pro- mean, we could probably find a way to make it work, but I don't know if the other passengers on the plane would... Yeah, yeah, they'd probably like uh, zip it there. You imagine, would you? you imagine you're you're catching you're catching a morning flight on a Tuesday, like a seven a.m. flight. You're still half asleep, and Max is in the in the front. All right, it's time for the power hour. <laughs> All six foot eight, three hundred and forty pounds of him, right up there, going big old jabroni that he is. <laughs> you're just you're just trying to catch a few Z's in the back of the plane. Right, and, right. That's the power hour, Wolf. Here we go. Here we go. Woo. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more. Your calls, more game balls to be given out coming up next. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 